When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Money Pit is presented by Dice Coatings. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here to help you with the projects you want to get done on this very new year. It's still a new year. We're still kind of getting used to 24. Please, I'm going to say Happy New Year till February. I'm allowed. Yeah, I just about stopped writing 23 instead of 24 and stuff that I have to date. So it's sinking in that <laughs> we're here to stay. And we are here to stay to help you with projects you want to get done around your house. So if you're a do-it-yourselfer or you're a do-it-for-me kind of home improver, you can trust us to give you the advice and the tips and the knowledge that you need to tackle the project yourself. Or if we don't think you should, we'll tell you how to find a pro to help with that job too. Coming up on today's show, kitchen renos. We're going to talk about that because these are really expensive remodeling projects. And surprisingly, one of the more costly components is the stone countertop. I looked into the cost of a stone top, just a basic stone top, and it was over $2,000 for a small apartment I was renovating. So I was like, man, that's a lot of money. So we're going to share a new way to build stone countertops that can be done for a fraction of the usual cost. And speaking of kitchens, if you wanted to take on a home improvement project that will deliver to you the best return on investment, that might be the project that you pick. But while a kitchen is a great improvement, it doesn't even come close to what Remodeling Online says delivers the highest return on investment. We're going to share what that project is just ahead. Well, guys, if you own a home, nobody likes surprises, like when things break down unexpectedly, which I guess is pretty much how things always break down because you never expect them to break down. But if you set a realistic budget for home maintenance, you can reduce those surprises and the expense of emergency repairs. So we've got a set of rules that will sort of help you figure out exactly what you need to put away so that you have no surprise expenses if that happens to you. All right, but first, is there a project that you're stuck in the middle of, or maybe there's a project that you just can't seem to get started? Well, that's when you call us, you guys, because we can kind of get you unstuck. Let's make that the motto for 2024. Let's get unstuck and get these projects done. So let us know what you are working on and how we can lend a hand. Yeah, we're kind of like virtual WD-40, right? It doesn't matter what the question is. We're good for a 1,001 uses. So put (laughs) us to work. Call us now with your questions at one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four, or just go to moneypit.com slash ask. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Fran in Tennessee is on the line, and her French door has developed rot. What is going on? Well, we live in a hundred and fifty year old house, and over the years, as we moved in here, we've done repairs and modernized some things, and we had a French door put in the dining room. It's covered in a metal flashing around the outside, but we didn't realize at the at the outset that it was a composite door. And over the years, it has developed rain rot, 
That's the only thing I can, you know, it, it has just fallen away at the bottom, about six to eight inches up. We covered the door with a four-by-eight piece of plywood to keep rain off of it, but we don't know what to do. Is it repairable, or would it be best just to replace the entire door? Um, this this is screaming replacement to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, afraid you were going to. Well, listen. You've already you've already covered it with a sheet of plywood. So, I mean, if you called me and you said, "Listen, I got a hole in my door because it's rotted out and it's a few inches from the bottom," I would tell you there's different materials that you can use to fill those rotted holes um, back in with that are sort of like sort of like packing a uh, like a packing a, a cavity. You know, there's two part epoxy patching materials. You mix them together. You put it in there. You sand it, and then you can you know prime it and paint it. You can use auto body putty for stuff like that too. And you press it in there, let it dry again, sand it, paint it, and you're good to go. But at this point, it sounds to me like this door has given you all the years of service it has to offer. And I would think about getting a new door. And I would tell you specifically, Fran, to look at the new fiberglass entry doors that are out there because they could look like a painted door or they could look like a beautiful wood door. You know, there's lots of qualities of that fiberglass today where it looks pretty darn good. And the nice thing about it is it's completely impervious to water and it's five or six times more energy efficient than wood. It does, and thank you for talking with me. I appreciate it. I hope that helps you out. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Martin in Wisconsin's on the line with a question about a load bearing wall. What's going on? I've got um, a wall between my kitchen and living room that I'd like to open up, and there's already a doorway there. I'd like to open it up and make it open area. And the walls, it's a main support wall. It's a a structural support wall. I want to take out about 12, the span would be about 12 feet. There's a doorway there that's already four foot wide. And so about, I'm going to try and open up another eight foot of it. And I was wondering about like like structurally, if I would be possible to put in like a micro limb. I think that's what they call them. Look, I I don't recommend this project for the faint of heart or the inexperienced contractor because it's it's not the kind of job you should be doing as like, you know, your first foray into home improvement. I can explain to you conceptually how it's done. And let's assume that you have a bearing wall here and you need to disassemble that wall. So the way it is done conceptually is that there is a temporary wall built on both sides of the bearing wall that has to come out. So basically, you're, you're building a load-bearing wall on one side of the wall that's coming out, maybe six inches or a foot away, and one wall on the other side. And then once those temporary walls are in place, then and only then do you disassemble the bearing wall. And in terms of that laminated beam... Yes, once you put that beam in, it's got to be properly supported. So the ends of the beam have to be sitting on something like another part of the bearing wall so that the load is transferred down to your foundation. So again, it's really a pretty complicated project and one that has to be done right or the consequences are are pretty devastating. So it can be done, but it's a big project and it's not the kind of project I would recommend you tackle unless you have a lot more experience than it sounds like you have. Yeah, that's kind of my thought about it. I just thought I would... uh out to you guys. All right. Well, I think you're on the right path now. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. 
Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. You know, we love hearing from our listeners. And if you want to make our day, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You know, it really helps us know what we're doing right and how we can improve our show for you. So just go to moneypit.com slash review, moneypit.com slash review, and you might even win a copy of our book. Kathleen in Texas is on the line and has some questions about a garage floor. What can we do for you? I've been considering doing an epoxy covering on my floor with the painted flex for quite some time. And um, I was told by someone who does flooring that he would not recommend that because he said when your hot tires pull in into the garage and sit on that flooring that it breaks the seal. And then where those tires go, that is a constant wear factor. Is there anything better or newer on the market for that type of product, or what would you suggest? I don't agree with that at all. In fact, epoxy floor coatings are designed specifically to stand up to hot tires and also, you know, icy and salt-covered cars that are dripping on them. If it's done right, you'll have proper adhesion. If it's done wrong, you can get peel up of the floor. But but epoxy floors are designed for garages are designed specifically to take that kind of punishment. So I I I just I, I very much disagree uh, with your painter. Maybe he had a bad experience, but if he did, all I can say that remember there's, it's unusual to find bad paint, but it's fairly common to find bad painters. And if he skipped a step or didn't prep the floor properly, you know, um, that would cause that condition to occur. Okay. Well, this gentleman did the staining of concrete floors, so. Uh Maybe he just didn't like doing that type of work. Maybe. I don't know. But. Maybe he doesn't like to paint floors. He likes to stain them. But I'm, I'm just telling you, I, I think it works well. You know, look at the products by QuickCrete, for example. The epoxy floor products there are fantastic. They're beautiful. They're really durable. And they go down pretty quickly. Oh, well, that's great. I really appreciate it. All right, Kathleen. Good luck with that project. Let us know how it comes out. Jim in North Carolina is on the line with an HVAC question. What can we do for you today? Finishing my basement and... Uh Looking for some pointers in framing out the uh, the HVAC vent runs. I have a vent that goes across the ceiling, uh, perpendicular to the joist, comes to a T, and the vents run, uh, you know, parallel to to the joist for ways. And uh, just trying to figure out uh, how to how to frame that and box it in, and especially with, uh, you know, keeping in the fire blocking rules in, in mind. So didn't know if you guys have any pointers on that or not. So you're talking about return ducts here? No, it's not a return duct. It's actually a... Uh, a feed duct, you know, a vent. Uh, it's a- so the trunk line runs perpendicular to the floor joists, and then what you're asking is how do you turn those uh, in between those floor joists, run them um, to the exterior wall, and then up into the uh, room itself? Uh, well, 
no, it's more like uh, you, you know they, these events are already run, you know, uh, and uh, I had a I had a uh, HVAC contractor actually come in and they run flexible vents. I'm trying to frame it, frame it in, frame it in so you can sheetrock it and everything. You know? Oh, okay. Well, that's different. Yeah. So you just want to conceal these. You I mean you can build a frame around them? Um, I've done that with with. Um, five quarter by three like bridging material it's like a half size of a two by four and constructed a wood frame attached drywall to it and then spackled it and finished it traditionally but i will say it's an awful lot of work and that's why in basements i much prefer drop ceilings these days um, for two reasons first of all they go in quicker and they're finished and secondly you'll always have access to the pipes the wires and the ducts if you need them if it's a drop ceiling so you could frame it in if you want and you would do that with a lighter building material like five quarter material but it is a lot of work that's kind of your option okay i'm finding out it's a lot of work yeah (laughs) (laughs) it is it's like an endless amount of small pieces of drywall and then it's just uh you know it's way more spackle than you need to make it look right and so that's why you know i used to do it that way and then i got smarter in my old age and started using drop ceilings and i'm a lot happier as a result and the drop ceilings today if you haven't looked at them recently they are beautiful and they can look like uh, tin ceilings, and they can look like traditional wood ceilings. You know, there's lots of options. So check them out and make the best decision for you, Jim, okay? Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Well, kitchen renos, they're expensive, and surprisingly one of the more costly components is that beautiful countertop that you've been dreaming about. You know, that kind of beautiful icing, finishing touch of your space that you just have to have until you realize how expensive it is. But there's another way that you can achieve that look of marble, stone, even granite for a fraction of that usual cost. Yeah, Dice Coatings is a company that specializes in stone coatings, and they've got three different coating products that use real stone, and they allow do-it-yourselfers to create realistic and very durable marble, stone, or granite countertops. Yeah, first, there's something called the Spreadstone Textured Stone Coating Kit. Now, with Spreadstone, you can create a spackled granite stone appearance that's either smooth or textured, and the result is a lower sheen natural stone slab look that you can use both inside and outdoors, and you can even use it in an outdoor kitchen. It really makes a beautiful, realistic, high-end look for outside. Next, if you love the look of a smooth granite finish, Luxrock Solid Surface Granite Countertop is for you. Now, I use the Luxrock kit to create a very authentic granite top with kind of sparkling mineral accents. In fact, I had a lot of fun asking other pros I was working with at the time to tell me if the top was real granite, and they overwhelmingly said, yes, absolutely, and they were completely wrong because I showed them that it was just a coating, but a super durable and beautiful one that I had created using that Luxrock kit. Yeah, then you've got the Marble Dream Resurfacing Kit, and that's the newest countertop kit from Deich Coatings. The Marble Dream is going to allow you to create a realistic surface with its marble vein accents, and you can pick like a wide sweeping vein pattern. You can do something tighter, something that has less veining. I mean, it's totally up to you and your imagination how this marble looks, and it's really gorgeous. It's going to give you a smooth surface that truly resembles a premium marble. All dice coating resurfacing kits come in a variety of colors and finishes, and they can transform your existing countertop surfaces in just a weekend and offer excellent resistance to stains, hot pans, and demanding daily use. Dice coating kits are available online through the Home Depot and Lowe's, or you can order your kit with free shipping right now 
at DaishCodings.com. That's D-A-I-C-H Codings.com. And in Illinois on the line with some sort of odor coming around her money pit. What's going on? My mom is 87 and she was born and is still living in the exact same house. And we ha- she has a basement. It is a cement floor and it has two floor drains. Um, in one drain, the air conditioner and furnace drips into. And then in the other drain, the shower and the washer drains into that. But periodically, we get that old, earthy, old smell that waffles, you know, around the basement and comes starts coming upstairs. We've tried, you know, for years, you know, a bucket of water down the drain, hoping that that gets rid of it. But that really doesn't last for long. So, do you have an easy solution for me? Do you have any idea um, where these drains go, where these floor drains go? Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, I mean, you don't know if they're connecting up with the main waistline of the house or not. Floor drains should, in a perfect world, connect with the rest of the waistlines for the house. And they tend to sometimes get an odor in them because the traps dry out. And the solution to that is, like you know, is to put a bucket of water in now and again because then that U-shaped part of the pipe fills up with water and stops the sewage gas from backing up. Is the smell that you're getting a sewage gas smell, or is it just a dampness smell? It's a damp, earthy smell. Do you have any other evidence of of moisture in that basement? Do you see efflorescence or mineral deposits on the walls? Does it look like they've leaked? Have you ever had a flood? You know, that kind of thing? Mm, Nope, no flood. Um, Occasionally, you know, crack in the foundation. Well, I think the first thing you need to do is figure out where those pipes are going, and... You know, one way to do that is to have a drain cleaning company run a camera down there. It's a pretty common test these days. It's like a camera on the end of a snake, and you can stick it in the pipe, and they can basically figure out uh, where it's going. Because if it's not installed right, then, you know, that is an that is an issue. You might also consider abandoning some of those drains. And instead of running the, uh, what was it, the shower and the, and the, um, and the sink, and the washer, sorry, into that, what you would do is you would install what's called a lift pump, which is kind of a sealed container that gets filled up with water, and then a pump carries that water up high enough to let gravity drain it into the main waistline of the house. That's the case, and you could seal off that drain and not have to worry about it. Um, have you ever heard of something called like a, a dranger? That's a good idea, and that's an approach. And basically what it is is it's a drain that also prevents backgassing or backdrafting out of that drain. So it's kind of like a ball valve that the water can flow through it, but the valve itself, the check valve, stops the the sewage gas from getting back in. If you want to keep running that washer and that shower into the drain, then that's probably a good option. But I, I really don't like the idea of the washer and the and the shower running into that drain. I think it should be properly plumbed through a lift pump so it lifts it up and out and directly into the waistline going out of the house. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. 
It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, guys, if you wanted to take on a home improvement project in 2024 that delivered the very highest return on investment of all remodeling projects, What project do you think you might need to do? I mean, I'm thinking new kitchen, new bath, maybe a deck. Well, while those are all fantastic improvements, they don't even come close to the return on investment you'd receive from installing a new garage door. That's right. And according to Remodeling Online's Cost Versus Value Survey, garage doors deliver a 104% return on investment, meaning they actually add more value to your house than the cost of the project. So with us to talk about this and the latest trends in garage doors is Tina Mueller. She's the marketing director for Haas Store. Welcome, Tina. Thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. That's a really startling statistic, 104%. I mean, the garage door kind of makes sense because it takes up such a big portion of the front of your house. And if it looks as good as the doors that Haas makes, you can certainly understand why it would add value to your home at the same time. Yes, the garage door does take so much space on the front of the house, and it's the biggest moving door you have. And we are seeing this trend where it is almost pushing that envelope of being such a draw for your home as the front door. So a lot of people now are looking at matching the garage door to the front door or really using the garage door as a showcase piece to stand out and add to that curb appeal, which, as you said, is having a great return on investment for our end consumers. I mean, and you certainly make it easy. You have so many beautiful styles and design options. And to boot, you have a design program on the website so that you can really see what everything would look like. That has to be hugely helpful. 
Yes, it's such a unique tool for the consumers and also for our dealers because you can go on and put the photo of your house so you can take whatever angle you need, like my garage doors are on the side of my home, so I kind of took an angular shot and put it on the tool, and then you can essentially try on different garage doors. So you can look at wood grains, you can even change where you're placing your windows if you want lights down the side, which is a big trend right now, or if you even want to do a unique style of a diagonal or however, you can try it all out in the tool so you can see colors and really get a good idea of what you think will really fit your home well. And then we've taken this tool to the next step because what we've done is we've integrated this tool with our uh, dealer network. So you can pick a dealer right in the tool without going outside the tool when you are ready, and you can send them your project. So you'll send them a digital file. They can open it up, quote it for you, and send it back to you. So it's a really unique connection because you don't have to waste time, and you can do it at all hours of the night. So you can send it to the dealer. When he comes in the next morning, he'll have it right there and get the information back to you the next day. So... It's a really useful visualization tool. You know, Tino, so many of us are working from home, spending more time at home. We're taking on more hobbies at home. We're really using those garage spaces. And I know that you guys have focused on improving the energy efficiency of doors. And there's actually a designation now that helps us know how energy efficient a door is called the U-Factor. Can you talk about that and how consumers can use that data to choose a door that's really going to be well insulated for their house? The garage door industry as a whole has really stepped up and taken a change towards U-Factor. So prior, we all used in the garage door industry a calculated R-value, which with insulation, that is a very common measurement. But in code and code compliance and how architects view products for the home, U-Factor is the measurement to use. So the industry, led by our DASMA, which is our garage door industry, DASMA has put a program together that was a voluntary program for all of manufacturers where we move to U-Factor as our standard of measurement for thermal performance. And what that measures is the energy transfer from the hot side of the garage door to the cold. So it actually is measuring energy transfer, which is much more relevant than insulating factor. Now, Tina, given that you can customize so much and people truly love having these windows in the garage doors, does adding the glass affect that insulative factor to the garage door? Yes, it is a huge impact on the garage door. So the first thing the end consumer will want to do is look at where do they live. Do they have an area where they really need that thermal performance? And like in Ohio where I live, you definitely do. But where consumers can go wrong is they try to save some money and put eighth-inch glass in there. And that is such a energy hole in the garage door is using eighth-inch glass because there's no insulation value there. So you would want to go with a half-inch insulated glass, which is worth the value because it really brings that performance of your U-factor very low, which means there's not a lot of energy transfer going through that. So when you're looking at manufacturers and garage doors, you want to look for that U-factor and then make sure you're asking them what glass is 
they've quoted for you. And if they've quoted eighth-inch glass, you'll want to ask for a half-inch if you really need that performance because that half-inch glass will give it to you. Good advice. We're talking to Tina Mueller. She is the Director of Marketing for Haas Garage Doors. Tina, before we let you go, I want to talk about the installation. I, I am an advocate of having pros install garage doors because, first of all, if you've ever seen it done, it's like, you know, when we were little, we had the erector sets and all the parts were laid out all over the floor. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of like that. I mean, there's so many screws and bolts and adjustments and cuts that have to be made. It really makes sense to have somebody that does it every day uh, installed. It's really not a DIY project. But as you mentioned earlier, you actually have a group of dealers across the country that are very familiar with your products, correct? Yes, and we really rely on them. The Haas store really prides ourselves to give a high-quality product to consumers, and we feel like that U-factor represents that. But to really take that quality to the next step is you have to rely on the installer. And a professional garage door installer has years of experience. He can come and check out your entrance for your garage, and that's what they will do every time and make sure it's measured correctly, and then they'll give you hints on how to improve your experience. They may change the track to take it higher up so you have more perceived room in your garage. They may offer up, hey, if you're going to go lights down the side and you can see in the garage, you might want to use a frosted glass in there. But they also have very technical information. They know what the surround should be built like, so it's secure when they're putting up the springing system for the garage door. So it's not only that they have years of experience, but they're going to add quality to the installation process versus getting the garage door somewhere else. There you have it. Tina Mueller, the marketing director from Haas Store. Thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. And as we said, if you're looking for a project that gives you a great return on investment, you really need to consider a brand new garage door from Haas. Tina, thanks again for stopping by. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And if you'd like to learn more about Haas Door, go to their website. It's HaasDoor.com. That's spelled H-A-A-S-D-O-O-R.com. Now we're heading over to North Carolina where Chris has a question on flooring. What can we help you with today? I had a leaking toilet that rotted my wood subfloor. I ripped it all up and I put the new pieces of wood back down. But my okay. cuts weren't exactly perfect and there's some spacing in between, like maybe like three sixteenths. Yeah, that's um, pretty good. Okay. Uh, it, it's just in some sections. And uh, I'm going to put down the quarter-inch cement board to put tile down here. And okay. I just wanted to know what type of mortar do I use to put the cement board down onto this wood subfloor? And then once the cement board is down and it's screwed in, do I have to put some type of mesh tape to put the boards together and then mortar the tape? No. So first of all, if you're going to put down Duroc, which is sort of that cement board that you're describing it, generally that's screwed down. So you would screw that down to the floor. And then on top of that, you would apply the adhesive for the tile, and you would glue the tile right to the the board. Okay. Uh, you know, having having those gaps in the plywood repair is no big deal because that's all going to be covered over. Just make sure that when you put the cement board down that you don't align the seams of the board with any of the old seams of the plywood below it. Right. Everything should overlap. Do, do, do I still have to put the mesh tape, though, for the boards? I, the cement boards or no? Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. I think you can go right on top of that. As long as you have good adhesion of those boards down, they're secured well in place, they shouldn't move. Okay, great. Chris, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You know, it's always a good idea to start a rainy day fund for your house. So if it rains and the roof leaks, you're going to have some money set aside for those repairs. 
Yeah, when we say rainy day fun, we really mean a rainy day fund. <laughs> but here's the question. How much do you need to set aside? Well, here's a rule of thumb that will help. You want to set aside about 1% of the home's value to cover a year's worth of repairs and maintenance. So if your home is worth $300,000, you should plan on spending about $3,000 on the maintenance over the course of a year. Now, that doesn't include big expenses that you should anticipate every once in a while, you know, like a new furnace, maybe an air conditioning issue, roofing, water heaters, those types of things. If those components are aging from the start, it's a good idea to start setting aside a little bit more money now. And when it comes to appliances, as we've said before, it's often cheaper to replace them than to repair them. Take a look at that quick reference that we have called Appliance Repair or Replace on MoneyPit.com, and it will walk you through that decision. Lisa in Iowa, you've got the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? I've got borders and wallpaper to take down. Now, what if I paint over it? Should I prime it? And if I have to take it off, do I score it and then peel it off? Do I use water and vinegar? Hey, that's my question. So here's the best way to approach this project. And yeah, you're right. It is a lot of work, but we really don't like the idea of painting over the wallpaper because you're just kind of putting off the problem for later and makes it even harder to deal with. Darn. Um, the easiest way to take off a lot of wallpaper is with a um, steam wallpaper stripper. And it, it's a tool that you can easily rent. I know Home Depot rents them. I'm sure other places rent them. And it really does a good job of steaming the glue and loosening up the paper. You can speed the job up by scoring the wallpaper. And there's a neat little tool um, called a paper tiger that is really a one of a kind. And it kind of rolls over the paper and puts a, a bunch of little holes in it that helps the steam get through the surface to get to the glue underneath. And it comes off that much easier. Now, even though I say it's easier, it is still a lot of work. So I don't want you to kid yourself. But renting the the steam uh, stripper for the wallpaper is definitely the best way to go. Well, cool. Thanks a million. Brad in Missouri wrote into Team Money Pit saying, I have a gravel driveway, and I'm wondering if I can still use a snowblower on it. I feel like a lot of people wonder that. Yeah, and you can still use a snowblower on it. You are, you're going to lose some some of that gravel, and certainly you want to be careful as to who's around you when you're doing that because it can get get thrown for quite a distance. But when you set the depth of the snowblower, you want to keep it above the gravel. But if you happen to dig in there just a tad uh, and hit a little bit, you know, you just try to resist that. But the truth of the matter is it's still going to be a heck of a lot easier for you to use that snowblower than to declare that any other way. And frankly, the same thing would happen even if you had somebody plow your driveway. They may scrape some of that gravel. That's just kind of a part of the maintenance of, of having a gravel driveway. I know I've got one, and uh, after a hard winter, I definitely have to get out there and put some more stone in it or just move the stone around to kind of restore those dips that may have happened uh, because of the snowblower. All right, Dana in Minnesota writes, do you know what would cause my pilot flame to keep going out on the gas water heater? Yeah, two things. When natural gas burns, it, it can leave behind combustion deposits. That could cause it. Or more commonly, the thermal couple wears out. That's part of the pilot light assembly. It's expected to have a life expectancy that's less than what the water heater is. So you just have it removed and replaced, and you should be good to go. Are you about to throw out an old chair or a dresser that maybe you no longer need or no longer want because it just doesn't look so good? Well, not so fast. Leslie has tips for bringing new life to old furniture in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie? 
Yeah, you know, they say don't judge a book by its cover. Well, you shouldn't do it to furniture either. You know, furniture refinishing and upholstery are definitely DIY projects that can create statement pieces out of furniture that's old, that's weathered, or kind of just fading into the background. So first of all, look at that piece of furniture that you want to refinish because different materials are going to require different treatment. Now, the better the original material, the better the ultimate results. Unless that piece is chipped or loaded with layers of old paint and refinishing stuff, a simple sanding really does do the trick when it comes to putting on a new finish on a piece of furniture. If a piece does require stripping, though, you can consider outsourcing it. You know, it really depends on what that piece of furniture is, especially if it's something that has a lot of fabric and some wood on it that then that wood would need to be refinished, but it's kind of close to the fabric and you don't really know what to do. Just Google up a good upholsterer in your neighborhood or go on social media to your local area's mom and dad's page and say like, hey, can you recommend an upholsterer? There's a qualified person in your area who's really good at this. And maybe it's just as simple as saying, you tackle this part, I'll tackle this part, or just having them outsource that project altogether to them. It really depends on your skill set. And again, that ratio of fabric to wood on a piece of furniture. A lot of the stuff you can tackle yourself. I mean, generally when you're looking at a chair or something that maybe just has an upholstered back or seat, Sometimes you can just remove that back and seat and simply wrap that with fabric and then tackle the body of the furniture itself. So again, you kind of have to look at each piece of furniture as its own one unit and see what it takes to tackle that. I'm happy to look at images. If there's a piece that you want to tackle at your money pit and you don't quite know where to start, send it our way. We'll give you some advice. We love to do that. And definitely look at your pieces of furniture twice because I bet you you've got some hidden gems right in front of you. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Coming up next time on the program, would you guys like to add some more light to, say, maybe your kitchen? Well, a popular window trend is doing just that in a very unusual way. We'll share how transom windows are being used to bring light to those spaces on the next edition of the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.